Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. So some of you may be tuning in today thinking, girls, you have just done a chili episode, but Elise assures me that the ricottos are kind of different from the other varieties of chilies that we did last week. So if you're looking for a general chat about chilies, flick back to last week. And then if you're looking for a chat about ricottos, which is what we're talking about today, this episode is for you. So Elise, talk to me about why ricottos are different to other varieties of chili. I literally haven't even told Tess why I wanted to do this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Tess is going along for the ride. So this is just as much for you guys as it is for her. I mean, all of these episodes are just as much for me as they are for everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, true. But this is the first time I've probably thrown you in as blind as we are. I feel like the other time you threw me in just as blind is when we talked about fruit salad trees. I literally had no idea what a fruit salad tree was. (laughs) That'd be blind number one, but this is second. (laughs) Okay, so this is one of my favourite, favourite, favourite plants to go to grow. Of all the plants? Of all the plants. Wow. this is frigging easy. Okay. <laughs> so the thing with the ricotto chilli is we've got all the main chilies that we know, right, that we talked about last week that all operate that way. This ricotto chilli is a bit of a weird unit. It's known as the tree chilli. Oh. And it grows like a big bush and... It doesn't mind the cold. So we can actually grow this chili as a true perennial stay in the ground all year round, even in the cool parts of Australia. Yeah, right. So last week in our chilies episode, we said how chilies are perennial, but in Melbourne, it's really hard because we get a little bit too cold yeah. over the winter months. And so one of the options was bringing in your chilies inside yeah. over winter if you want to do it like that. Yeah. But this one, we don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if you're in the northern parts of Australia and it's really freaking hot, then you can just grow plenty of chilies as perennial stay in the mm-hmm. ground all year round. But in, you know, Tasmania, Victoria, South Australia, south of WA, south part of WA, you, you like you can bring them inside, you can stuff around with all that. But for the most part, you're not doing it. This chili will be fine. Whack it in the garden and you'll have chilies for years. How good is this? I am obsessed. We actually did a post about chilies on Instagram a few months ago and a lot of people were asking for ricotto chili. So I feel like it's actually getting a bit of momentum. Whereas when I planted them, so I've been growing them for three years, I couldn't even, I could hardly find the seeds to plant them. So I feel like now people are seeing, oh, this plant actually offers a lot of benefits. Yeah, right. So now it's becoming more and more commonplace. Tell me about the actual chilies of the ricotto. Are they like on the spice scale? Mm. Are they mild or are they bloated? your head off they're actually blow your head off okay (laughs) which as discussed in last week's episode with the jalapenos i'm not i actually prefer a little bit of a milder chili but they're not they're not ghost chili yeah which is blow your head which is blow your head off so i I think you said last week it was one sniff and you're dead yeah one sniff and you're dead (laughs) no this is probably like a step back from one one sniff and you're dead it's also known as hot lips so okay. that probably <laughs> says a bit. But what I actually quite was like Hot about Lips it... a, um, a character in MASH? Did you watch MASH? You Never. Would have watched MASH. No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> it's old... an obscure reference for people. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is, but you know, for a chili, I can see that. It looks like a small tomato. Oh. As in like a cherry tomato. It's quite. Wow. Okay. So it's tiny and it packs a punch. Yeah. Okie dokie. It's also quite fleshy, though. You know how some chilies are quite thin? This one is quite fleshy, so I find it quite a nice one to work with, either to cook or preserve or whatever. The flowers that turn into the chilies are a beautiful purple color. So it actually Ooh. looks very pretty in and of itself, whereas most chili flowers, I think from memory, they're just like white flowers. This has got a really nice purple flower. And inside the chili, chili seeds are always white, as you would know mm-hmm. when you cook. Yep. These are black. And they are. Yeah, they look very weird. I can't think of a single other chili that has black seeds. So this is a very unique plant. How, given that they are on the spicier end of the scale mm. and you are not the biggest spice mm. fan, yeah. how do you use them in your cooking? If I was making a bolognese sauce, for example, I would add one to a batch that might serve like four people. Yeah, okay. So you're still fresh? Fresh or dried. Fresh or dried, okay. So I don't want to get too much into this because obviously we're going to do our preserving episode. Yes, we are. And and they're preserved the same way as your, your, all your other ones? Exactly. Okay, okay, great. Cook them the same way, preserve them the same way. They're just the same as your other chilies, mm-hmm. just hot, which makes it really easy. Like um, there's nothing fancy or different about how we consume them, which obviously is the end game. Yeah. It's just we have the advantage of growing them a bit easier. Yeah, and they also seem like a really cool plant just to yeah, have a different variety of. Yeah. You can also grow them inside. As a houseplant. Oh, yeah. So that was what I was going to ask. How mm. big do they get? Well, they can get to one to two metres tall. Okay. Which is freaking huge. Because we didn't even say this on last week's chilli episode, but if your chilli plant got to half a metre tall, that would actually be quite tall. So they're not – so they're usually small plants. This is why it's called a tree chilli. Right. That, to me, is too tall, especially if you're having a house plant. If you keep it pruned well, you can keep it smaller. But if you let it get to its full capacity, it'll be one to two metres tall. This might seem like an obvious thing to say, but mm. if it if you are keeping it as a house plant, mm. should you put it outside during summer so the bees can get to it? You know, I did wonder about this because you know how I said in the chili episode last week that I had chilies inside? Well, oh, yeah. I did. And I'm like, how did they get pollinated? I actually don't know because I wasn't there doing it myself. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had too many bees coming inside. So I don't know. I mean, there are plenty of other insects that do pollinate and some plants ah, are wind pollinated, okay. but nothing is anywhere near as successful at it as bees right but How you know bees aren't the only option so Okey i don't know dokey. i don't know who's pollinating it if anyone knows let us know <laughs> yeah it'd be good to know but yeah no you can definitely grow them inside so i probably would put it outside in summer but i don't really know yeah like, i don't have a great argument for that i mean more sunshine when it's fruit producing for people who do grow chilies inside let us know yeah, who is pollinating those bad boys? <laughs> and how do they grow? <laughs> Literally. Now, with this tree chili, the one thing I will say, it's not a bush like a densely packed, like a rosemary hedge kind of bush. It's got these like sprawling arms. It's Ooh. a bit scraggly. Okay. So I find it a bit annoying because I like a more compact plant because I try and cram as many plants in as mm-hmm. humanly possible. So what you can do is just keep pruning the arms off and that kind of encourages a bushing habit. So okay. it will kind of bush up. But if you don't care, like let the thing go and you just got these like long arms of chili all over the shop. Right. They produce so much fruit. Like one of these plants, you can imagine, like it's one to two metres tall, covered in chilies. That's a lot of chilies. That is a lot of chilies. And the thing is, right, why these plants can produce so well is when we think about growing an annual stay in the ground, oh, sorry, an annual hard and fast and how we grow chilies for the most part, like in last week's episode, you plant them in spring 
that plant has to put in so much energy to establish a root system, to establish a base. Mm. When we've got the perennial stay in the ground with the Rokoto, come spring, it's already got a massive root base. It's already got a structure. So it can put all its energy straight away into producing fruit. Mm. So it's like you've just you've jumped ahead. You've given it like three months in advance every year. So you're going to get chilies earlier than what you would with your annuals and you're going to get way more than what you ever would on an annual. This sounds like the dream. It is. You can see why. I'm like, this deserves its own episode. I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing the Rococo chili to Australia. Yeah. You heard Popular, it here first, guys. Popularising Rococo. <laughs> can we just say, we had a conversation just quickly before this episode started. We don't actually know if that's how you pronounce it. Oh, yeah, it might not be. <laughs> Spelled R-O-C-O-T-O. Which, so Rokoto would, would make sense. But yeah. if anyone wants to let us know that we're wrong on that, please, <laughs> please do it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> it originated in South America in kind of the mountainous areas. So you can see ah. why it grows well in the cooler yeah, yeah. temperatures. And I think also it's called, oh, I'm definitely going to pronounce this wrong, but like Melanzo chili or something like that. Do you have any more points on why this variety of Rococo is so fabulous? Have I not given you enough reasons? Oh, you've given me so many. <laughs> you give me so many, but I just want to make sure that we're covering off. Are there any downsides compared to other varieties? Or oh, I mean, apart from the scraggly arms. Scraggly arms, yeah, so it needs a bit more room. But no, I don't think there are any downsides at all. I will let people know though, once winter comes, this plant doesn't do anything. It oh, just sits yeah, okay. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is. You're arguably, not getting chilies in winter. No, no. So look, one could say it's taking up room in a winter garden that you could have something like broad beans in that are going to be, or lettuces that are going to be contributing food over winter. Sure. But if you're putting them in a in a pot, perhaps, where it's not in your, so it's, you know, you're creating a new space for it. Yeah, exactly. Then look, perhaps it matters less. I'm but... clutching at straws to find <laughs> a negative. But look, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sit there. It's going to do nothing. That's fine. Come spring, it's going to put out all these new shooty uppies and grow all these new chilies. What you do need to do is over winter is just give it a prune back. I mean, okay. you don't have to, right? But like the plant's going to be better for it so just cut off yep. some of the arms probably going to prune it back about half the size oh okay. so, if so it's, it's a quite me- a heavy yeah prune. it's a heavy prune if it's a meter tall if it's got a meter long arms prune it back to half a meter and then it's just going to go again come spring i was going to say just on the trade-off of not having you know you're taking up space in your garden over winter but mm. you are getting that extra three months of when the well, when yeah. another chili plant is establishing itself before it grows fruit the you're rococo totally right. is growing fruit early yeah you're right and the space that it's taking up in your garden you are going to get like double the chilies you get if you were growing an annual mm. so you're right in the scheme of a year you're not losing out so we've said no downsides no downsides <laughs> all good i suppose the only downside is if it's too hot for you like isn't that hilarious that it might be actually too chilly for yeah chili? that yeah. would be the and only I, downside i'm interested when we do talk about preserving about sort of what ways there are to use things more sparingly make mm. things more mild like those kind of options that might be available to mm. people yeah. Now I have two of these in my garden and frankly you don't need two. One would do you wonderfully. I have more than enough chilies for all summer and autumn and then I do preserve them. I do dry a lot of them, get into that details later, but that keeps me going all winter and early spring. So I have chili from my garden all year round. How amazing. From this one, two plants, but I don't really need the second one. That's one so good. Is plenty. It's really, it's really good. If you're in a really cold place, like I am, being in the mountains in Victoria, and I assume this would be similar to Tasmania, given how cold it is and how frosty it is, this can do a bit of damage to the plant. I don't think it'll kill it 
for the most part. But if you had a more sheltered position, mm. like against a wall or you could put some horticultural fleece over it in winter, obviously if you had a greenhouse, you can move it in there or you can move it inside. It's going to be better. In Melbourne, so where you are, Tess, not a problem. Yeah, we don't get those super frosts. It's just if you get those like hardcore frosts where like mm. you could snap a blade of grass, which I do get. <laughs> That's when you got to be careful. If you do find it has any kind of frost damage or cold damage over the winter up, don't worry, just prune that off. When you do your prune, ah, just okay. cut it off and okay. the plant's going to sprout back. What's important is we've got that root base established. Fabulous. Now, here may be the downside, although I believe this will be changing. Because these, this is a bit niche, bit left of field, I've never seen a seedling available. I've ah, only seen seeds. Right. So I was committed to the cause, and you know I do not grow chilies from seed. You've said that a number of times. A number of times, but I wanted my ricotto. So I got the old heat mat out. Wow, okay, okay. This and is. I, I feel like we've been building to this for a few episodes now. We have. Of, it's all coming together. It's all coming together, yes. So you have your heat mat, which is you also for reptiles, mat. but that's you know, another story. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, I assume you're doing your seed hack that we spoke about of putting a bunch in getting them growing and then separating them out as yep. they wowza everything is coming together everything's coming together <laughs> the last few weeks although you only really need one plant so i know but but gift them gift, gift them, them. Gift god them sell them your mates yes yeah, sell oh, them here's a business <laughs> hello. idea guys hello <laughs> I would definitely grow a couple because you you know we only we only need one but you're going to lose inevitably you're going to yeah. lose one so we just need one but think about this right I did this 3 years ago same plant coming into this spring I know I've got my chilies sorted sure of course I'm going to grow other varieties because you know I'm a bit of an extremist in the gardening sense but really from a necessity perspective my chili plant is in. I'm going to have chili. Done. I'm not going to do much. And that effort, I so it stuck is a the whole lot of effort. But you're only doing it once. You're only doing it once. It's only one plant. You got to get to size, and then Bob's your uncle. Well, there you go. Because this is the perennial stay in the ground all year round. I do want you to think carefully about your soil before you plant mm. it, because you're only getting one shot of this. It's not like when you do your annuals and it's six months, and then you get to refresh the soil. So give it a good go. Like we said last week, I want free draining soil. This can be a pot. It can be a raised garden bed, or it can be a very nicely prepared ground soil situation. Manure and compost are going to be very much appreciated mm-hmm. oh yeah so before you get into the, mm. the manure compost let's quickly run through the life the planting life cycle yeah, that okay. we did for the chilies yeah so we can just check when things are same and different so yeah. firstly i mean we, we've spoken about you're probably going to have to go from seed here you're yes. unlike if you mean if you find it if you do find it in a nursery or available anywhere i mean let us know mm. <laughs> Lucky Get yours you. and then yeah. let us know and we can let everyone else know. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you're growing from a seed. Position in the garden. Full sun, full sun still? Yes, although it can handle a bit of shade. Okay. And then in terms of like your pot size or how far apart you're growing from other mm. plants, we, we only needed 30 centimetres for our chilies. What do we need for a rococo? I'd go half a metre. Okay. But if you did it in a smaller spot, you'll just get less, but the mm. plant will be fine. Okay. But I'd say half a metre. Okay. Yeah. Slugs and snails, diseases, any other pests that we need to be worried about? No, nah, I got nothing. Fabulous, fabulous. And then ongoing feeding, same as the regular chilies. Yeah, same as the regular chilies in that you would use the tomato fertilizer when it's producing fruit or yeah. fruit or just before when it's flowering. But yeah. otherwise you're just using your your worm tea or your seed emulsion. Your, well, your seaweed you, emulsion. <laughs> if your soil's good, 
you probably don't even need that yeah. kind of seaweed emulsion situation because the roots and the you know the plants like already developed. So I don't think I fed mine since I planted it three years ago. There you go. I don't think. Is so, it a fan of the mulch as well? Yes. Okay. Fan of the mulch, just like the chilies last season. And if you're going with like a pelletized or a granulated fertilizer, tomato fertilizer, what I would do is I'd put that down and then I'd mulch over the top. Mm. You don't want to fertilize on top of mulch because no. it's not going to get, it will get down there eventually, but not fast enough. So feed and then mulch. I mean, so that's so, okay, so. Me, coming into spring with this plant already in the ground, I'm probably maybe after three years would think, yeah, I'll give you a feed. Mm -hmm. Maybe even I'd just put down some chicken shit, but, you know, whatever you've got going or some compost. Then I'm going to mulch with the straw and that's That's me done. Obviously, I'm going to keep it well watered. I did give it a prune in winter. It took me all of five minutes and I was very rough with it and that's fine. The plant's going to come back from it. And now I just wait. Fabulous. So I think that's where we got up to in our episode on chilies last week because we're going to talk about harvesting when we do our preserving episode in autumn. Yeah. One other thing I'll say about the ricotto is when I talked about chilies last week, when I was giving you my heads up, I kept saying spring, spring, spring. You have to get it in early, right, when we're growing them as a hard and fast. With the ricotto, if you're playing the long game, you could potentially plant this in summer Mm-hmm. You're not going to get any fruit that year, but the plant will grow nice and big and strong and then be ready for fruiting the next year. Okay. Getting the plant, again, playing a long game, getting the plant strong is important. It doesn't matter if we miss out that first time. So if you're listening to this and you've missed the window for the annual chilies, the ricotta could still be a really good option. And it's easier to germinate the seeds in summer yes, because it's warm. Yes, yes. I wonder, now I'm thinking back on my own ricotto journey, I think I might have done that. I think I probably planted it a lot later than I would have planted my other chilies. So if you are interested in ricotto, mm. you can still get the seeds now this season. Yeah. Start the germination process and mm-hmm. pop them in in summer. You're not going to get chilies this year, but next year you're going to have you're gonna be hopefully good to a go. bump, bumper crop. Exactly. Yeah. So wins all around. So the big question, is the juice worth the squeeze? This is where we look at the effort reward ratio of today's topic. The categories are superstar, high effort, high reward. Completing this will make you feel like an absolute rock star. Best on ground, low effort, high reward. Quick wins and fill-ins, low effort, low reward. And finally, the wooden spoon, high effort, but not much reward. I think it's pretty clear <laughs> my assessment of the squeezy juice. But Tess, what are you thinking? And, and do you want to plant one? They sound bloody exciting. And they mm. also sound like they are even more... We both rated chilies last week best on ground. Mm. They sound like they're even more best on ground than just a regular chili. They, they have the... They're in... You do it once and then they're done. Look, trying to germinate from seed probably Mm. isn't something that I'm going to do Mm. this year. I feel like that needs a little bit more (laughs) advanced skill (laughs) than what I've got. But I feel like they are just a fabulous option. And if a seedling was to come my way, I'd definitely put it in. i just probably not germinating seeds myself. So someone magically drops off a ricotto to test. (laughs) I'll get it in. (laughs) If you, though, I will say this, if you come summer, 
set up your little greenhouse that you use, your little A4 mm-hmm. sheet greenhouse, had that even just outside and planted it, that would be warm enough that it would germinate, which is no That's more work point. than yeah. like your zucchinis, which mm. I know you've had success with germinating. So it's not, if you took my kind of late approach long game, it's not that problematic. Mm. Just throwing that out there in case there's interest. And so best on ground for you? Absolutely. Well, I'm just saying back best on ground, not even a quick win feeling. Like, because there's still a whole lot of reward because they're a, they're a bumper producer. I think if, again, you know, we all garden for heaps of different reasons, but if your reason is cheap, super nutritious food, like if that's what you're going for, this plant is a no-brainer. I've bought, I spent $3, I got 10 seeds or 20 seeds. I'm going to have enough chilies to literally last me for five, like years and years and years. I never have to pay for a chili again. Like that is just obvious. Maybe this is a rort by the nurseries that they don't offer these. So people come back every year and buy more chilies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think also, you know, there are so many varieties of plants from all over the world. Mm. It's actually often difficult to source as an Australian seed producer. You know, you, it's not just like, oh, I want this. How, you know, I can start stocking it. Like you have to have someone that's yeah, growing yeah. it. Like there's a there's a lot of rules around this. So I think it's just not had... The demand perhaps? I would actually say the opposite. It might be that there wasn't the supply. Right. Okay. And if you're in the warmer parts of Australia, this is not going to be as exciting for you. Yeah. This is really for us in South Australia, parts of New South Wales, Victoria, Tasmania. Like this is going to change your chilli game. Absolutely. This would be the first time we've ever done an episode that is one single variety. But it needs its own because even though it's a chilli, it's like – it's kind of like the Tromachino zucchini. I feel like it is when you're putting all of the berry family together, Mm. a lot of them are very similar and then you have strawberries Mm. as an outlier. True, true. That's probably not the best analogy, but that's why I'm thinking of it. (laughs) I don't even know if strawberry, like technically speaking, is in the berry family. Oh, that's very confusing and a massive tangent. And who gives a shit? But look, (laughs) I think the only reason I would not be for the Rokoto for someone is if they really liked a specific type of chili like the jalapeno discussion and that was what you wanted to grow, then that's what you should grow. And obviously if you don't eat chilies, there's no point growing a chili. (laughs) So don't. You will have so many and when we talk about drying them in autumn, they actually can make really cute gifts, like something that you've grown. Love it. And dried chilies will just sit there in a nice glass jar forever. So, again, I'm getting into that episode. But, no, I can't think of many reasons why I would not be for a Rokoto chili. You can grow it in a pot. You could have it on a balcony. I don't care if you've got a massive garden like me or a tiny garden I think there's a spot for your Rokoto love it Rooting For You is hosted by Elise and Tess you can find us on Instagram at Rooting For You Pod or email Rooting For You at ElisaAlexandra.com 